on today's episode of Down the Wire. It's our second annual Super Bowl review. As you remember, our first episode started with this. We got our second one now. The Rams are the newest champions of the National Football League. We're here to break it down, not just the game, the commercials, the halftime show. Full Super Bowl 56 here on Down the Wire. I'll be like sunset on the beach. Pick me wanna pull up on Miami with the heat. I don't know about you, but I don't know about me. Summertime in Florida, catch me sliding on the key. Yeah. Oh, something's happening. Episode 54. Down the wire, baby. Yeah, we're back. We're here. Super Bowl 56 done. Not the only thing we're going to talk today, but obviously the main thing that happened this weekend in the sports world. And uh, one drive may have ruined the entire night, don't you think? Two minutes. Yeah, the, the, the final two minutes. This was 58 minutes of fantastic game play. And then all of a sudden, the referees decided to interject, and uh, I, my joy for the game left. Well, let's not start so negative then. We know a lot of people know we were pulling for the Bengals. But ultimately, I guess I was pulling for good football, good experience with the Super Bowl. Up until that moment, I'm going to say right now that overall, the Super Bowl Sunday itself, one of the better ones the NFL has put on, I think. Uh, Sure. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. I, I won't say it was not yeah, just I, including I, the game. I'm talking the commercials, halftime, the production with it. I, I thought it was. I thought the pace they had for this Super Bowl was fantastic. I'm going to put it between top five and top ten. It's not yeah. going to hit my top five, but it's it's in between there. I can get I can get down with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I thought that the way they had it formatted and set up was a perfect day. I went, got some beer at like 4.30 and made my way over to where I was watching the game hung out for a little bit, game started. I was in the zone the entire Sunday. I mean, wa did not leave my fat ass from my seat the entire time, except if I was getting another beer. All right. Uh, well, here's how I did it. Um, I did another podcast at uh, about 1 o'clock. Then I was exhausted, so Cheating I told uh, Antoinette to wake me up uh, after a 45 minute nap, uh, I fell asleep around 3:30 ish. Three, okay. uh, maybe a little, a little bit later. Let's say like 3:45. Said so solid nap time. Solid 45 minutes nap later, time. right? Yeah. 45 minute nap. I ended up waking up myself at 6:10, completely missing the first quarter. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I know. Bad look. Bad look, girlfriend. And she's wow. like, oh, I didn't want to wake you. I said, it's time. And you were like, oh, okay. Well, no, that's not waking me up. Just because I said something, you have to, like, shake me. Well, what the fuck, Dave? Well, look, this is why you took notes. I'm I an old man. Notes. Yeah, I'm 30. You, and a dad. Like, that was just the whole thing right yeah, there. Yeah. Let, 
What? Let's start with how, how should we format this? Should we go the game first? Should we talk some other stuff before it that went into it? Should we go you know, quarter by quarter? What do you want to do? Let's break down the meat and potatoes first. We'll take the game. Then we'll go uh, a little bit further with that. And then finally, like the fun and, and activities. So All like, right. the game, the future and meaning behind this game. And then, you know, the festivities itself. All right, well, let's get into it then. Super Bowl 56 in L.A., and the Rams come out victorious over the Cincinnati Bengals, and they came out hot. They came out hot, and I think, do we kind of owe Odell Beckham Jr. an apology this season? I uh, Maybe a little bit, at least, because I kind of feel like I deserve to give him an apology. He absolutely changed that Rams offense, especially when they were honed in on Cooper cup ever, which never works as we saw during this game. He was a great valuable number two for the Rams. This entire season caught as many touchdowns this season with the Rams as he did in his entire career in Cleveland and including the first touchdown of super bowl 56. It was, it was a big score. Came back right away. I think it was 14 to 3, if I have it right correctly. Uh, off the rip, it was OBJ scoring the first touchdown. Yeah, let me, I have the play by play scoring updates. Let me, uh, let's then, just break and it then down. Of real course, fast. Cooper Cup getting the next down. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, let's, uh, let me break it down real fast. So we had the first quarter, uh, right about halfway mark. Uh, Matt Stafford throws a very deep right uh, completion, uh, right to. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in at the end zone, gain of 17 yards, bringing it up to uh, seven nothing after a Mad Gay extra point. Then, uh, with about 30 seconds left in the first quarter, our boy Evan McPherson kicks a, a field goal, bringing it to seven three. Well, uh, and Jamar Chase made a catch on that drive that I don't know how the fuck he caught that ball. Jalen Ramsey was getting torched all day. Don't yeah. hide like you weren't, Jalen. And Jamar Chase caught a ball literally that just stuck to his right hand. I don't know how he caught it, and it didn't bobble, didn't move anything. He is legit as fuck. I, I love watching him play. I love Joe Burrow throwing to him. Their connection's awesome. Uh, un unfortunately, it did only lead to the McPherson field goal, though. That is correct. That's where we are. And then Cooper Cup getting the, sec uh, the second one. Um yeah, but the very important to note on that is that they ended up fumbling the extra point, bringing it to thirteen to three. Uh, right, you know nothing more than that. I want to say that that was an electric play right off the rip, especially when you were rooting for the Bengals. Like they had nothing going right there at all, and Johnny Hecker just dropped the ball. I don't know why he didn't. He couldn't get it down when he spun it. Just left. He tried to throw it and. It doesn't see, count as an interception in the books, but absolutely was. They returned it, pitched it a couple times. It was it was super fun to watch. Didn't it do seemed anything. um it seemed like he like uh, the ball slipped or something because when he when he placed it, it, it he had the point down right, but it just it, it seemed to to glide right by. I don't know what happened. Johnny Hecker is a is a constant pro, so I don't know how what how or what happened. Obviously, in the long run, it didn't really matter. But then going into it with uh, about six minutes left, Joe Mixon passes a th uh, throw to T. Higgins for six yards and a touchdown at that. So now Joe Mixon 
and Aaron Rodgers have the same number of touchdown passes in a Super Bowl. Tough mm. look. Tough Jeez. look. Is there a trick play every Super Bowl? I had asked uh, the group I was watching with. There's just like three or four of us. And I said, all right, is there going to be a trick play today? And everyone said yes. Everyone was like, yeah, absolutely. It seems yeah, inevitable I mean, at this point that you're going to see one. That's fair. Uh, now, I don't know about what was that uh, That Seahawks-Broncos Super Bowl where the Broncos just look sad the entire game. Uh, the safety was the trick play. That, that made up for it. So oh, okay. on the first play of the game, on the first <laughs> Is that a play trick of the game, play though, that's not a trick play. Uh, the defense tricked him so good. They had a safety. That's how it works. Sure. Out. All right. Then uh, going into the third quarter, start of the second half on the very first play, Joe Burrow throws a pass to T Higgins for 75 yards and uh, ending in a touchdown. Kind of some controversy on this play, right? Well, I'll tell you right now, absolutely was should have been a flag on the play. Absolutely. For grabbed, sure. his, grabbed his face mask, whipped it, and he wasn't ready. Now, I'm going to say right now that was the best sell of offensive pass interference ever by T. Higgins. He purposely like wraps his arm around the receiver, because or the corner, rather. Defender, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's inside of him. So the ref can't see that hand when yeah. he's on the sideline. So he grabs the face mask. As Jalen Ramsey's falling, he then threw his arm over top of him so he could then fall through that arm, making it look like he completely missed him. In, in real time, no ref is making the right call on that, on that no. sideline. No, they, you and, can't. And this is, I will explain more on how I feel about this play later on once we get into, you know, the the real dicey portion of this game. Yeah. Uh, but it was impressive as fuck. And you could see Ramsey. Ramsey, like, knew there was pass interference, but yet he was still stunned as to what happened. Like, he didn't. Jalen Ramsey is the type of guy that will get up in a referee's face and begin to bitch and moan the entire time. And he just kind of stood there with like, what, what, what happened? So even he was a little uh, awestruck by the whole situation. It was a, it was perfectly designed by T Higgins. I think he knew damn well what he was doing, honestly, the way it looked and maybe even practiced a move like that to try to fake out a defender to make it look as harmless as possible. It, it really did. I, I was impressed with the play from T Higgins to sell it so well, but that being said, definitely an illegal move. Cannot do that. For sure. For sure. After uh, an Evan McPherson extra point, it brings the score 13 to 17 in favor of the Bengals. Then on the like the very first play of the the ensuing drive for the Rams, you get a big interception Huge. by the by Cincinnati off of a tip ball. I believe it was to Henderson, right? Von Bell caught it. Von Bell. No, no, no. Hen, uh, Henderson was the intended. Target. Uh yeah, I think it was a dump down. Yeah, something I like think that. It was. It was. It was uh, it wasn't your standard Matt Stafford interception. Who uh, he did have two, by the way. He threw one yes. in the first yes. half. That was. I mean, bad. Standard that, Matt Stafford. Yo, yeah. It was so bad. But uh, then McPherson t uh, gets another field goal with uh, 10 and a half minutes left, bringing the score 17 to 13. A little bit later on, six minutes left. 20 in the to third 13, quarter. right? 20? 
Yeah, what did I say? 16? You said 17. That was a big drive. They needed a touchdown on that drive, to be For honest. They had sure. That would have changed the entire game. They had all the momentum to not punch that one in. Ultimately is going to be what the Bengals are looking back at after this one, I think. Six minutes left. Matt Gay gets a 41-yard field goal, bringing the score 16-20, to 20, still in favor of Cincinnati. Then we head into the fourth quarter, and all types of nonsense just happens first of all let's uh, let's acknowledge the fact that not only did matt stafford get injured you know nothing major but so did joe burrow as well and joe burrow's injury looked gnarly matt stafford's was really bad too i mean matt stafford was the ankle whereas joe burrow's was the knee so i get it but joe burrow was obviously in like an immense amount of pain his scream looked like it was loud. you could hear it you could yeah, hear it. it was it was definitely a scary moment but both of these quarterbacks showing a lot of heart going out there finishing off for their showing team. a lot of heart yeah. are what you else reaching you in your, your grab bag of what else cliches? do you want me to say there what, what do you want me to say they're fucking uh, bad at, they let their some, nuts uh, hang some fortitude right? they, and, they uh, absolutely shit on the defensive minds and came back out there and you were going to have to play. Now, there was a part of us that was really excited to get a backup quarterback in oh my the Super God. Bowl. Like, for the brand opportunity, that would have been nuts. That was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, what, 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 what could have been? Just think of that. It I, I don't even been, know who Joe Burrow's backup is, but... Uh, I don't know who but, the Rams' backup is, either. Uh, I do know who it is, but now I just had it, and now I'm fucking... I've lost it, because they mentioned it, like, four times. Would have been awesome. Would have been great. Well, regardless, uh, nothing really transpires with this. Just a lot of defensive stopping, in, in fact. Both a hell of a job uh, by the Rams defense and the, the Bengals defense, is, uh, defensive units. Aaron Donald comes to life at, at, after uh, a no-call penalty in the first half in which – you know, he pushed Joe Burrow out of bounds. It was fine. It, it may have been a little bit rough, but the fight that ensued woke up Aaron Donald because he was an animal going into that second half. How did they not throw a flag on that fight and they threw a flag on all, like, how did they not throw a flag on that fight? Like, Dude. let's be real. There was people pushing faces. You know, there, there was the initial hit in general. First of all, we totally completely forgot to mention the worst flag I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, not based off the ref's call, but Vernon Hargraves, what the fuck are you doing? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. After the dude. first Bengals touchdown, Whoa. Vernon Hargraves, uh, uh, the cornerback for the Bengals, just deciding to jump on the field and giving them – or no, that was that was the interception, right? Yeah, it was the interception from Bates, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. And, and so instead of uh, having field uh, positioning at the 20, it, they're now at the 10. It, Dude, Hargraves, you're an idiot. And you know he's going to get uh, he's, he, he's gonna get talked to big time on that. I end. think he got talked to right away. He was oh, not he was allowed to stand. Bad. Yeah, he was not allowed to stand after that. In street clothes, just ran on the field. Like, obviously, you can't do that either. That's worthy enough of a taunting penalty that's what taunting should be if we're gonna throw taunting flags like the people who aren't in the game coming on the field okay like the, maybe a delay a game more than it is but you know how they have these taunting rules now 
And they were really trying for the first three quarters of this game to not throw flags. They were. I, I totally saw it, and I was enjoying it. There was a lot of plays that maybe you could have said that. You know, they say you can call holding on every play. They really were swallowing their whistles until the fourth quarter. Yeah, until the well, last drive, pretty much. Literally, well, the last two minutes, this is where we get to right here. The last two minutes, uh, the Rams have the football, bringing it down the field, get into red zone territory. Uh, and in fact, they were in the 10, right? Or was it like 15 at least? It was, uh, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. I want to say they were like between like the 10 or 15, whatever. And right around the two minute mark, you get an absolute phantom call on Logan Wilson for a holding of uh, one of the damn receivers. It doesn't really fucking matter. And completely changes this game. It was third. I want to say it was third and nine or third and 12 or something like that uh, on this, uh, this play. And right then and there, it, it, it made life so much more difficult on these fucking Bengals. And this is where I want to talk about the initial penalty that everyone was talking about with T Higgins, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. That's a no call. That's a call that should have been there that ended up not happening, right? Right. This one was a phantom call. This was a bullshit penalty that you know, I heard people trying to say it was ticky-tack. La, la, la. No. No, it was not. That was clean football. That was about as good as you can cover a guy. In fact, he, I, he was just, he just all, hovered square. over him. He stayed Fair. square on his hips. Even had his hand open. Like, he didn't have it closed or a fist or even no- nothing. It was open. Like, he was going to high-five someone if there was no defender there. Yeah, it was complete nonsense. And then all the fucking rails just came off because you had uh, then the, the ensuing play, an, another penalty on both teams. And then uh, the play after that, another penalty of uh, clearly uh, defensive pass interference. Uh, Eli mm-hmm. Apple, you're a fucking... Bum. He's another dude that's going to lose his job. He's Bum. 100% going to lose his job. And that leads to a fantastic play by Matt Stafford throwing a short pass right to Cooper Cup, basically giving them the win right there. That is the well, one. And then, and then Aaron Donald ice in the game on fourth down the ensuing drive right after. Yes. Um, yeah, Rams walk away with the W. Cooper Cup is your Super Bowl MVP. He needed to be. He was coming up big for him. And, you know, I, I'm a little biased because he was on my fantasy team all year, and I actually got to follow how great he was the entire season. Is this not the best season a wide receiver's ever had, then, maybe? It's got to be right there. It was insane to watch Cooper Cup. I think I have his numbers for the entire seasons liked over here. Uh, let me see if I can get to it. It was obvious he was going to win the Super Bowl MVP. The two touchdowns outweigh the two interceptions from Matt Stafford, I think. That's what's really going to affect him. Uh, I have his numbers right here. So first in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, of course. He got the wide receiver triple crown. If you count all his numbers, um, 
He had the second most receptions ever. He had the second most receiving yards ever. Six touchdowns in the playoffs. Second most ever. uh, And most receptions in a single playoffs as well, too. It was an insane season from him. uh, From a guy who had no D1 offers coming into college and was a walk-on at Eastern Washington. So very impressed with his play. Let's talk about the Bengals first, I guess. Do you feel good about your future, at least if you're Cincinnati? Do you do you think that this game proved something? Do you think this playoff run did? When they showed Zach Taylor's career record, that was not a good look for them. I think he was 16-32-1 when they first showed it. Yeah, but you got to cut him some slack, right? Zach Taylor inherited a bad team. They get Joe Burrow, and then Joe Burrow gets injured that second season or his first season. So uh, I don't, I don't take much of that. And you saw what Joe Burrow can do when given a full season. Joe Burrow was fucking impressive all year long. Right. And the type of play and chemistry that he had, not only with Jamar chase, but with Joe Mixon, with T Higgins, with Tyler Boyd, with uh, CJ Uzama, uh, he's got potential. Now, we need to see where they go from here. Step number one, get yourself an offensive line Needed. because you don't have one right now. Most sacks Burrow, ever in a Super Bowl game, of course. Seven uh, sacks. That was a seven rough one. Seven sacks. And that's not including what the nine in Tennessee, the fucking however many uh, against Kansas City. So uh, Joe Burrow was sacked 19 times in four playoff games this year. Tom Brady was sacked 22 times all year. That's insane. That I mean, the dude's running for his life. Don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase seems to be the right play. I, I'm not knocking it. Yeah. At the same point, you're not going to get someone like Panay Sewell in this next draft. So I don't know what they do. I'm sure when we talk about free agency, when we talk about the draft and, you know, the coming weeks, I would assume that that is their primary target is a blind side tackle. Um, yeah, they would, that would have to be high on their list. They, no one was blocking well at all for them. Uh, they, they had Aaron, they had Aaron Donald for a little bit, uh, between their interior guys, but, Ultimately, they weren't able to yes. contain him. And I was just about to say, credit to Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, who noticed that uh, they tried to do a four-man rush, and they were double uh, doubling up on Aaron Donald, which Donald was getting frustrated. He was clearly uh, you know, outmatched. And then they just decide, you know what? We'll stack that line and then blitz with Von Miller, who Von Miller decided to de-age himself by at least five years. Because he was getting some speed off those snaps. It was, a, it was a big move for the Rams. Let's shift our focus to them right there. I'm going to read these lines one more time because I do have the actual numbers now. 178 catches, 2,425 yards, and 22 touchdowns this year for Cooper Cup between all the games he played this year. Now yeah, let's, get to, let's get to the Rams. And the Rams did what I do in Madden every single year. I trade all my draft picks and just get really good players. 
do it right away and then just win every game, win the Super Bowl. That's how I do it. That's how that's how you do it in video games. And now everyone said that that's not how you can do it in real life. You're going to have to build your team, draft picks and keeping them up. And they shit on the whole system. Sean McVay believed in it and he's the youngest Super Bowl winning coach ever now because of it with plenty of guys on his team older than him. He's only 36. Uh, shout out Andrew Whitworth, become the third 40-year-old to win the Super Bowl, or to play in the Super Bowl. I was really impressed with Matt Stafford keeping his composure. Odell Beckham was on fire until he got hurt. But ultimately... And that, was, that was a gnarly injury, and uh, we had an update earlier today that they think he tore his ACL. So totally probably sucks. miss miss the next season too now on top of it because it was so late in this season. Um I you gotta give a shout out to the Rams defensive front. I'm well, that's hold the, on. it was the difference. It was the difference in the game. Well uh, first of all let's let me start with that too. They capitalized on Joe Burrow's mistakes because Joe Burrow had Aaron Rodgers syndrome and could not throw that ball away at all. I don't know what the fuck he was doing all game, but he should have thrown the ball away and he ended up uh, hindering his team because of it. Uh, now we talked about, uh, you just brought up the fact that the Rams went all in. Uh, this is not just the Rams that did that. Look at last year. The, the Buccaneers did the exact same thing. This is it now worked. two years in a row that they did that. And going into this next season, I can venture to guess that you're going to see a team do it again, especially with the likes of Deshaun Watson out on the market, Russell Wilson out on the market, potentially Aaron Rodgers out on the market. Tell me you don't see that happening again this next season. Definitely for those first two. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's got to be it's got to be in everyone's mind now that our draft picks becoming least less valuable by the year. Now they're the, the Rams don't have any for what the next like three seasons, at least two. I know yeah, it's they're going to suck, two. Um, but they won right now. That's what they wanted to do. They put all their eggs in one basket. Matt Stafford was their big off season acquisition. They gave up the picks to get them, and they did more throughout. They gave up picks for Von Miller. They uh, went out and got OBJ in the middle of the season. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle brought back Eric Weddle for just the playoffs, which you know what I will say all-time baller move by yeah. Eric Weddle. To Congrats just come back, for Eric Weddle. To come back in, in the postseason, like, yeah, I'll just go win a ring real quick. Like, yeah. I don't want to play the regular season. Uh, like, which legit. I can totally see Gronk doing for the rest of his career if he knows that he's just, can just do that. coming back. Yeah, just uh, retire yeah. and then come back every time. Every yeah, postseason. Uh, there are a fair amount of players that I'm happy to see uh, win a championship on this Rams team. I will also state that fuck OBJ. I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, I'm also definitely not a fan of Jalen Ramsey. I, I can understand their talent, and Jalen Ramsey has clear potential to be a uh, an, a Hall of Famer going forward. Now. Again, I don't like them, so I'm kind of pissed off. But Aaron Donald, Eric Weddle, I'll even give Matthew Stafford some love because he suffered. Now, now let's ask this question. 
because he has a Super Bowl ring, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? You know, 95 losses, most losses to ever get your first Super Bowl win. Um, he's got the numbers. He really does. If you look at him, he put up numbers for years in Detroit. Thank you, Calvin Johnson, for a lot of them, just saying. Yeah. But he he did put up the numbers. Now one ring does help him a lot. You remember, I was very high on the Matt Stafford acquisition in the offseason. I did pick the Rams to win their division. I picked Matt Stafford as an MVP candidate, I think, this year, which he wasn't that. I won't go that far with him. But he got the job done. And he never won a playoff game before this. And it seems like what they did in Los Angeles, everyone bought in and they believed in themselves is what they were saying all year, even though because we were kind of doubters of the Rams themselves. They did get kind of an easier way there, but they did have to beat Tampa and that's got to be worth something. So I, I shout out to the Rams. I want to bring up Aaron Donald real quick. He's going to retire. Like what that came out of nowhere. Uh, like what the fuck was that? What that uh, reporter okay. just dropped that? He's like, are you going to retire? Oh, not the reporter. It's fucking Rodney Harrison here. Like Rodney Harrison's the one that went out and just made this statement. Um, Here's the thing. What else does Aaron Donald have to do? I mean, he can retire. I will say that. He yeah. can retire. He, I, I, he's like, going to go down as the best defensive tackle of all time. I, again, he doesn't have to prove anything. The dude's been an all-pro and an all-star uh, God knows how many times. He's played in two Super Bowls, been key factors as to why they got there because he's been such of a defensive stalwart. And now he's got his ring. I, again... I'm not saying this is going to happen because you also had the fucking bogus claims that Sean McVay was going to retire as well. Yeah, that was he, that was wild. Yeah, and he uh, he quickly decided to say that's not happening. Good, but uh, Aaron Donald has nothing to prove, dude. I, I'm I'm just saying. I get it, but I still think he's in his prime. That's he is. what I think. He's 30 I, years I, old. That's what I mean. He's he's a dominant player still. He made all his money. He got his ring. He's guaranteed first ballot hall of famer if he retires tomorrow anyway so i get it he doesn't have anything to prove i would just be sad if he left because he is so fun and dominant to watch you have not given me your matt stafford hall of fame uh by the end of it yeah i wouldn't if he retired tomorrow maybe not but okay. by the end of it yes that's does what that say. mean eli manning gets into the hall of fame oh he's guaranteed hall of fame baby fuck yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. He, uh, he was guaranteed. He is getting in right now before Stafford's getting in right now. That's and while we are on that, let's talk about the NFL awards and, and honors ceremony because it was kind of epic. I really didn't watch it. I know no. the award. I I know the award winners, um, and I know who's taking home the hardware, but. No, I, I, I don't care about, like, an ESPYs or award show, yeah, honestly. But, okay, okay. Well, at least ju let's just quickly go over them. And we got to talk about the Hall of Famers. I, I do have Hall of Famers here as well. So, I, uh, let's uh, which, quick let's rundown. Talk. Let me do well, a quick we, rundown of the... We should finish the Super Bowl. Like, we got, a, we got a couple things to talk about with the Super Bowl. Fine. Give me your top three commercials. Top three commercials. Okay, number one, I just brought up Eli Manning. The Manning 
uh, one where they just totally shit on Cooper Manning uh, as a was like very funny. It was a JB Smoove. I don't even know what the commercial was about. I think it was a Caesar Sportsbook one. Uh, Something like that. It, that was hysterical. Well, uh, dude, also, is Peyton Manning making more money not playing football? Uh, he was I in mean, like three commercials, four commercials. Now he's got the Manning cast. He's like, great. He's yeah. great. Uh, I, the level of personality that uh, Peyton Manning's had. And I knew that after I saw him do Saturday Night Live, which he was, was great, very on good in that. great on SNL. Great on SNL. But also the one detractor with that commercial why is Archie Manning being labeled a legend? Fuck off, Archie Manning. That one was stupid. Not a legend, no. A legend, no. legendary sperm, not a legend, though. Fair. Uh, I'm also going to throw another one out to the uh, Jim Carrey Cable Guy commercial. Mm -hmm. That one was very funny. And I'm not even all that big of a fan of the Cable Guy. But the, the way that he did that just brought me back and that was very fun and then uh my last one I, there's so many good ones but if i had to pick one guy fieri flavor town the bud mm -hmm. light seltzer soda one that i didn't realize what was going down with that and then the minute that i saw the back of those frosted tips i knew exactly who it was and it gave me a Dude, it's so great that you can just tell Guy Fieri by the frosted tips. Like, you yeah. just know what it is. Uh, do you have an honorable mention? Because I am going to talk about four of them real quick. Oh, whoa, whoa, four? You told me three. Can't I get I one know. more? You can get one more. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. then go ahead and do your I'm four. I'm going to take one more because I know you're not going to take this one. Okay. The Disney Plus Goats commercial was very fun, too. I don't know if I remember that one. Uh, it was Aquafina. Do talking about Disney Plus and how it has all of the goats in the industry. So then they showed a bunch of goats dressed up in Disney, uh, Disney character costumes. It was very cute. Maybe very I ran to the maybe I ran to the bathroom or something. I must have missed that one. Shit. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, again, they definitely could have done a lot more with it, but uh, I like that one a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a couple here. I want to talk about first one. I want to bring up. The MetaQuest commercial, scaring the shit out of me. Uh, we're just going to raise a bunch of future like verges in the metaverse now because that's what I got from that commercial. That's all. I just want to bring that up. That was my four. That was my four. Now, a lot of them dominated in the beginning for me. I thought the, they came out firing at first. In the I know I slept through the entire first quarter, so I missed a bunch. So they brought back the E-Trade baby and... Uh, I thought that was hilarious. He was talking to him. These like special agents came down in a helicopter and he was like chopping wood. And he's like, Greg, I'm retired. But he was a baby talking with like a grown man's voice. So I got a little bit of a kick out of that one. I have another one I want to bring up here. Did you got it? Oh, dude, if you were asleep, you missed it. There was a Toyota Paralympics commercial. Okay. And it was a great story about these guys who were skiers and that his brother and him loved to ski and he would like push him every day to go faster and whatever. And then when he, he got some sort of disease, I don't know if it was like glaucoma or a different tumor or a different disease, but he was losing his vision. Right. And so the brother then just would guide him instead. He, he would ski behind him and he could just barely see the outline of his brother. And it said they won 10 Paralympic gold medals. 
I think the first guy was totally good though. Like, and they both won medals. So that raised a question between us in the basement where it was like, are they just giving away Paralympic medals to like the guy who is totally fine? Like that looked, it was, a, I didn't look up the story. Uh, I well, didn't. You know what? I'm sure that's like, that's probably the whole thing though. Right. It's not like, um, it's not like they're the only one that has a normal guy. I, I would assume if you looked at how the Paralympics work, that uh, maybe that's how they did it. You know what I mean? It was a very sketch commercial that was like, I think they're giving a regular guy. Sorry, are, are you seriously? Are, are you seriously questioning like Paralympics right now? I just wanted to say it looked weird. You're like those guys. The question. You're like one of those guys that are like, well, I've seen uh Stevie Wonder like move when there was an object in I'm front not, of him. Hey, I'm not taking anything away from the other guy that was following him. Like more power to him. Like that's great. I just want to know if that guy is just his guide. Like, I don't know if he should be getting medals for that. Okay, I'm going to move on to my favorite commercial, not just of the Super Bowl, of all time. Of all time, it's the best commercial I have ever seen in my life. It was the Coinbase QR code commercial. Completely basic, probably costed no money to produce. Like, obviously, the Super Bowl commercials are expensive as shit to buy a slot. Uh, if you didn't know, there was the QR code bouncing around like an old DVD logo would kind of or VHS where it looks like that box is going to hit the corner, but then it never quite does. You know, it's that scene from the office where everyone gets excited if people are lost with me, but they had it with a QR code and it was just a QR code up there and it was barely missing the corners, right? And instantly, I was like, I want to scan this QR code. That was my first reaction. That's how they get you. And I didn't end up investing or doing anything, so it didn't get me to do it. But I thought that was the most unique, creative commercial I've ever seen in my life. It reminded me of, like, Willy Wonka putting the chocolate bar through the television. It was insane, like technology in my head. You know what I mean? That's well, where I, I came from with it. This that is literally the, le I mean, I guess it's the most engaging, really. But th there, that is your favorite that, commercial of yes. all time. I was so impressed. I, I, I it's never been done before like that. Yes, it, it, there has definitely been online or uh, QR code commercials. Uh, no, not like yes. that. That yes. that was that was amazing. That oh was insane God. to me. I and was waiting for you to pick like the flame and Dorito sloth or no, no. Uh, I was. You got to remember. I also. So now I'm gonna nerd out for a little bit. That's literally my degree is like studying television, and not that I usually get interest in stuff like that, but for topics of discussion purposes. That's the number one thing on my list going to classes to talk about with that right now. It is, and everyone I think is like, holy shit, that's crazy. And we're going to see it a lot more now, I think. That was that was nuts to me. I, I just wanted to say that. Well, if you're not taking it, then I'm also going to claim the Lay's commercial with Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen because that one was very fucking funny too. First commercial too. That was the first one. Wasn't a car, wasn't a... 
what was the other ones? I forgot. Food. Well, food. Food, uh, no, uh, it wasn't food. It was beer. That was, beer was the other yeah, one. Yeah, it was car, was. but it was car, food, beer, and other, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, uh, I think maybe that was it. And um, also the, the overall theme, because there's always a theme to these uh, commercials. The main one was cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Saw a lot of crypto commercials. Bad look. Bad look after Bitcoin just tanked and plummeted, you know, a month ago. I loved that they were doing like 15 second slots, though. Like I said, it was just bang, bang, bang. Like it made the game go a lot quicker. If you were paying for a 30 second ad, you knew it. Like everything else was very quick for the most part throughout this. Let's wrap it up with the halftime show. I I was a big fan of it. I I thought it was good. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was hilarious when you sent me how big did 50 Cent get? Because my thought was, how long has 50 Cent been hanging there? Like, just chilling. Dude, Uh, everything everything just, like, flowed into the top part of his body. It was a look. uh, But here's the thing, though. Like, his ab area wasn't that big. But his, like biceps and his uh his chest was massive uh also i don't know who the sideline reporter was but she opened uh, before they even started she opened up with the line of it will likely be the greatest super bowl performance of all time and i i had to scoff a little bit at that because there have been some very memorable Super Bowl performances. You know, Michael Jackson and Prince uh, come to mind. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Musically, this was a very, very strong Super Bowl performance. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine being in the place for it. I don't know if you downloaded the app to try to be in that thing. Which great idea again, but it was also not timed up with the TV. So they wanted you to use your TV sound and then use the video on your phone to like 360 view. It wasn't synced up, turned it off like five minutes in. So it ruined it. Good idea. But no, I did. There was not worth that was the big issue issue. And I say this very uh, ticky tacky, right? There was no spectacle to this one. Uh, You know, you even had last year's performance, which. You know, the weekend, a lot of people did not like the weekend, but he was in the fucking Hall of Mirrors and shit. And there was like the weird voodoo people or whatever the fuck they were, the Jabberwocky dancers that were like zooming in and out. Like, that's a fucking spectacle, right? Uh, Prince, when he did it, is doing it on his logo and showers and shit. Lady Gaga coming from the top of the fucking stadium. That's a spectacle. There wasn't that this time. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, as far as the music is concerned, which I guess it is the most important thing, it it was excellent. Spectacle-wise, though, not so much. Uh, Kendrick Lamar killed it. That was the best part, I think. He he was he was snapping out there. Uh, I thought he was going to be last. Shit. Eminem being last was lame. Uh, the Snoop Dogg call at first, kind of right. Just saying, kind of right. Is that is that who won? Because the first people that we saw was, or person that we saw was Dr. Dre. 
I think Dre probably did get the prop bet to technically. I didn't look to see who won. I would assume Dre did, but to say I I had a feeling in LA to set the tone, Snoop Dogg coming out would be a good like let's get some pop here. Uh Eminem though. Eminem and Matt Stafford both win a ring. Closest Detroit gets to a Super Bowl all year. Saw that one. That was funny. Um I, I thought it was pretty good. I'd give it like a B plus performance. Uh, I, you know, I'll give it an A minus. I'll give it an A minus. The spectacle, like I said, is the only thing that really wasn't there. Though the set itself was fucking baller. Yeah. The way it just flowed from one artist to the next to the next. No, I, I, I'm saying I the good... set itself. The oh, stage. Which the stage, was, uh, yes. if you didn't know, those were Compton landmarks. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Um... That was Super Bowl 56. You got any last notes you want to get out first? Uh, sure. I am going... Well, you know what? I'll, I will save it for my hot take. Okay. Sounds good. Should we? Get, what should we get into next year? Should we get into a draft or should we get to NBA? Hold on. We were supposed to go over NFL awards and Hall of Famers. Oh, my bad. My bad. Do it real quick. We can make Hurry this up. fast. We can make this yes. fast. So, Rookie of the Year. No shock there. Jamar Chase. Uh, defensive player of the year ended up going to TJ Watt. I Absolutely won't say, yeah. And there was a lot of debate on that. I know uh, JJ uh, kind of backed up his brother online, which good for him. Um, best moment of the year was Justin Tucker's record-breaking field goal. I love that. That's great. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase again. The offensive player of the year went to Cooper Cup. Mm -hmm. Duh. Who right. earned it? Absolutely. Defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. Absolutely. Um, the sportsmanship was Matt Slater. Who cares? Uh, nope. Comeback player of the year was Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Great look right there. Mm -hmm. uh, the Which, I mean, for being real, was the only one where I think, like, if they wanted to give it to Dak Prescott, they could have. Uh, I get why they gave it to Joe Burrow though so no no shade being thrown at joe burrow but i could have saw dak prescott winning that too yeah sure I, I mean whatever this one ap coach of the year went to mike vrabel yeah this one was also kind of bullshit lafleur has not gotten a, Hold player, on. a coach of the year yet it's just ridiculous i won't say it's bullshit mike vrabel did a lot for this team and especially when you consider uh, what Tannehill over Rodgers. Well, and they also were very injured all year. Yes. Uh, they had yes. Derek Hen They had their best player out for most of the season. And I get why he won it. And I say that as a biased Packer fan. It's bullshit. It, I get why he won it. I do. I just really think Matt needs one at this point. He, he's been doing it. 39 wins in three seasons is a record. No coach yeah. of the years. Like, come on, dude. Come it it on. seems it seems a little blasphemous, but when you when you went up against when Mike it's Vrabel a regular season. season award, like, come on. Again, Vrabel did this all with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry going down, and then uh, to wrap it all up, Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, four MVPs back to back MVPs for Aaron Rodgers. Course, Second and third oldest seasons to ever win the MVP, too. Means nothing until you win another Super Bowl, you fuck. All yeah. right. And then uh, quickly, just wanted to go over 
the now Hall of Famers. Class yes. of 2022 Hall of Fame. I uh, I have the list right here, but I also have to reach my bag without going too far. I mean, Scooped it with I, my I, foot I and got it. I, too, have the list. but I also yeah. needed to uh, grab the charger for my computer, so that's why I was doing that. I need to kill time. Go ahead. Read the list off to me, Dave. All right. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Bryant Young. Have you, have you heard of Bryant Young? No, I haven't. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I don't know all of them. Uh, all that I don't much. either. And you know what? If you know all the Hall of Famers, you're a liar. That's just a lie. Bryant, Every year, believe... there's always guys no one's fucking heard of. That are getting in there. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mills, uh, Cliff Branch, Richard Seymour, Art McNally, who was the first full-time referee. I do know that one. Tony Baselli, longtime Jacksonville Jaguars. Dick Vermeil, coach for the Rams the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, yep. Won a Super Bowl. And Green Bay's very own Leroy Butler making it in, which Let's is go. long overdue. Needed to be long there, overdue. I can't even believe it took that long. So get... long. He was the last member of the 1990s all-decade team not to uh, to not get in. I can't believe it took them that long, especially when you consider that Charles Woodson went into the Hall of Fame last year. I'm sorry. I love Charles Woodson. Leroy Butler deserved to be in there before him. Mm, that's a, that you should have saved that for hot takes. Cause don't think a lot of people are going to agree with you there, but I do agree that Leroy Butler has earned his spot. If you put his numbers side by side to John Lynch, like someone who's in there, like every major category is better. The impact he had on the Packers, the inventor of the Lambo leap, you know, that whole shebang, Absolutely. Should have been there a long time ago. Richard Seymour, another big name that I remember uh, in my time frame of growing up, you know, 2000 and after. Patriots and Raiders, longtime yeah. members. Just a solid Never defensive of. tackle that was always relevant. So made sense to why he got in too. Wanted to shout out to him. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought that the class as a whole Okay, mom's calling me, so I'm going to have to decline that. I thought the class as a whole was not the strongest we've ever seen. Especially um, when you consider the, the players that they left off. And I think that is bigger than the overall class. I think, don't get me wrong, I think everyone on this list deserved to be there. Um, I, I especially like seeing Tony Baselli get in. Because uh, that's a guy that put up huge numbers. Five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. Yeah, a guy who retired early, too. So Due to injury. And, mm -hmm. you know, definitely a guy that never thought he was going to make it. And now to see him, uh, you know, make it in after only seven seasons, right? 95 to 01. Holy fuck. That is crazy. Now, can we just say... You kind of think Devin Hester's missing off this list. Devin Hester deserved 100% to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I am very okay with that. And if he doesn't make it in next season, I think there will be a riot. It, it kind of just shits on special teams. You know, if you want to make it relevant and people to care about it, he he's the best guy to ever do it. The best it, guy it's to without ever question. do it. And think... And he, he even posted, uh, I think tweeted saying, think about my numbers if 
they would have started kicking to me again. Because he yeah. only had like three seasons of this shit. And he was fucking uh, a fucking nightmare to special teams play. I think he had 13 return touchdowns in his first two seasons. Insane. Nice. Then someone like DeMarcus Ware, another player Ooh. that big. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know if he is first ballot, though. Uh, I think he is. That one, another one I was like a little bit disappointed. If Richard Seymour's getting in, DeMarcus Ware's got to get in. Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. He does. He does. Now, how about the wide receiver class? Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. None of them get in. How does Reggie Wayne not get in? How does Torrey Holt not get in? I mean, and uh, who was the third one you had? The, Andre Johnson. And Andre Johnson, I get it. That's a guy he's, I don't know if he's necessarily first ballot. So I get that one. He'll get he's in a, eventually. He is 11th all time in both receptions and receiving yards. 70 touchdowns in 14 seasons. Two-time first team All-Pro. He is the third guy most deserving of the three named. I will say that. Wow. Okay. I, I will say Reggie Wayne. And uh, now I can't even remember again. Tory Holt. Tory Holt. Tory Holt were, they That's deserve fair. to be both, in. Both they Holt and be. Wayne have longer careers and whatever. They got but, rings. Both of them got rings. Yes. Yes, they do. So and what, then what, I, what are you waiting on there, NFL? And then the last uh, couple names I have to mention are Zach Thomas and Patrick Willis. More players that are just, seems seems a little staggering. I I'm I was really, I was really, uh, the Patrick Willis not being on there, I get it. That's a guy who retiring early might have hurt his chances. Now, I get it. He was so dominant, and he, I think, was on the all-decades team for the 2010s, maybe 2000s now. I can't remember. Uh, but very deserving for the time he played. It's just the number of games, I think, that hurt him on that one. Guy who will get in eventually because of it. That's all we had to bring up. The the NFL awards honors had to be mentioned. I'm just saying. Yeah, that. no, for sure. I forgot. I had it written down here, and I was jumping the gun. What, what should we do? Should we do our draft now, and then we'll save the grades as our game kind of at sure. the end. Sure. All right, let's do our draft. Uh, the Olympics are on right now. I know you guys are all not watching because we aren't, and we decided to poke a little fun at the Olympics. And especially because the winter ones are the inferior Olympics for sure. It's not even close, but we're going to lump all of it summer and winter. And we're going to draft our least favorite, AKA worst Olympic events. We're going to do five of them. Okay. It's like our starting five worst starting five. You can build Dave. I think you have the first pick in this one. I do. So, it's going to be completely up to you. I have two, one from each season that I would go with my number one. So if you don't take one of those, I, I'll be making a decision myself. Sure. Um, it's very difficult for this first overall pick. There are mm -hmm. so many solid options yes. to choose from. I agree. I think when you when you think of... What's a bogus event that everyone thinks of? It does come from the Winter Games. Okay. And I think it's become so much of a meme that people have 
have created popularity in it. So if with my first overall pick. Whoa. No, don't do it. I'm taking curling. That's a bad first overall pick. That I am, I am taking curling. I I just you just made a hot take for me later in the show. Okay. So Fair. We'll get back to it's it. It's a meme though. It is a meme. I, I get I, it. And I'm not saying it's it's bad like the overall. Don't get me wrong. These are fucking Olympians here, people. We can't yeah. do any of these things. But Fair. it is one hundred percent the ultimate and I'm putting air quotes around this bad Olympic event because people make fun of curling more than any other fucking Olympic event. Mm. I, oh, not what I would have taken with the first pick at least. I'm shocked. Not what I would have taken. Uh, not even the first winter sport. Didn't even make my list for the winter. What? Sport. All not. right. Settle down now. Told you it's you, you made a hot take for me. So get okay. ready for that later. Um, this is easy now for me. Then I have a choice of whichever one I want. Uh, I do get back-to-back picks, actually, right? No, 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 no. Remember we did this. Oh no, that's week? right, that's right. It's we only when we get back and f- when we have three, we do snake. Yes. Two. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. Well, then I know what I'm going to go with. It's got to be the worst sport to throw in for me. Uh, I'm going to take equestrian. Okay. I'm going to oh. take. I'm going to take equestrian on top wow. of it because because. Name one jockey ever. This is not, they're not jockeys though. You can name the horse. You can name the horse. Okay. Sorry. Name one rider for me ever. Uh, There's, it's like Pablo Francisco, right? Sure. I don't know. You could have just made that up. You have uh, someone like uh, uh, Bill Shoemaker was uh, one it uh, is a sport in which the human is not even the star. The the horse fine. is the star of the event. It seemed pretty easy. I'm going to say, and they're just prancing. It's not even a race. They're like jumping over like little things. It's a boring sport. It is all right. Extremely boring sport. It is not even in, on my list. Okay, so both of our picks controversial to yes. each other. My number two, I'm going summer, and this was the one that I was afraid you were going to take because okay. this one is embarrassing, and I'm going with rhythmic gymnastics. I did have that on my list. I did. Yeah, that um, one's the fucking, that one's the funniest thing. And now, if you've never seen rhythmic gymnastics, like everyone knows of the streamer or whatever the fuck it is, right? The, right, yeah. It is so around with them. more than that, though. I believe I believe rhythm, rhythmic gymnastics is broken down into five different events, and you have that one, the one with the the streamer, the whatever the baton. You have the the baton sticks, where it's like two sticks that you have to like throw up and down. You have the ring, uh, like the hula hoop deal. It mm-hmm. it is it is fucking weird. I I did have that on there. I'm not a fan of the rhythmic dancing at all. I, I get it. Um, that's a good number two pick. That's a be- I I would have picked. I would have had that probably my second in uh, the Summer Olympics as well. So that I, I it's a good pick. It's a good pick. All right, you have your number two. All right, my number two pick. Uh, I think I'm gonna go winter this time. Oh, and I'm gonna take the Nordic Combine. 
Uh, All I right. I don't even know if I if you've ever heard of it. Yes, it's uh, the cross country skiing mixed with regular skiing. The uh, like the slope stuff. Yeah, it's an extremely boring sport to watch, uh, and, and it's literally the same thing every time. And it's not the same effects as like the downhill skiing where they're flying 70 miles an hour down a hill and barely touching the flag posts on the side and hitting themselves like that's intense i get it nordic combine is like a casual ski with a jump every once in a while so a casual ski with a jump <laughs> i i am gonna take that and the name is terrible like that's got to be the worst name for an event ever Nordic Combine? Yeah, no. I think just, that's pretty cool. No, I think that just screams boring. All right. So that's my number two pick. And now things get interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now now we get to uh, really kind of break things down. And, I, I, you know, I've I'm been kind of trying to dis- decide what I want to pick here. And uh, I think one of the ones that I'm going to pick eventually is going to surprise you because it's mm. going to be my last pick. Okay. Uh, Cause I know you're not going to take it. Okay. With my number three pick, I'm going to go with the trampoline. Another. Wow, dude. Oh, what? You didn't expect the trampoline to be there. No, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I thought, so I was doing some research obviously on this and that is one that makes a lot of lists. I don't know. Have you ever watched that shit, dude? Like, I get it. They're just jumping in the air, but they're doing some crazy shit when they jump. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's a core workout. It's crazy. At the same point, you're on a fucking trampoline. And they they did make an Olympic sport out of a fun thing to do when you're 11 years old. Yeah, and and I'm just saying, like, it it is what it is. And I, I, once again, I, I will make the statement that these are fucking Olympians. I am not trying to disparage them at all. I think we're talking about from the point of view of a fan, which are the worst to watch. Not, you know, impressive oh, I was going, or not. I was going with embarrassing. Mm. When, okay. when you tell, see, like if you tell someone I ride a horse for a living, it doesn't sound as bad as I jump on a trampoline for a living. I, even me saying it, I'm laughing. I think you could show a way more badass video of yourself doing tricks on a trampoline than a horse being underneath you doing all the work. Fair. That's fair. That's that was my angle on it at least. Uh so you have curling, rhythmic gymnastics, trampoline right now. Your first 3. That's what I got. Uh this is now my third pick. And I'm going to take um Dude, I got one I really want to take, but I don't know. I might catch some heat for it. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to save it one more round. I'm going to save it one more round. You think it's going to last? You think it's going to last? I'm going to trust it right now. I'm going to okay. trust it. I'm going to take uh, another winter sport. Good. I'm going to go the long track of speed skating. All That's- right. I I don't want to say hmm. the short track like Apollo Ono because that shit's crazy when they're going. But when they do like 50 laps, bro, 
I'm done. Like, I don't care. I, I want to see 10 laps. That's like tops. Like, let me get a much faster pace to this speed skating. Uh, the, they do have, they do call it speed skating still. And I get it. They're moving a lot faster on skates than I can. Like we've said all this time, but the long tracks are just boring. So I'm going to take, it, it's literally called, I'm going to put speed skating. Um, Cause that's what that's called. And the short I... track is called short track. I would not have expected speed skating at all. Um, speed skating's impressive as fuck, even whether it be long or short track. It's still impressive as fuck. And uh, really, all you need to do is see them make a turn. And when they get so fucking low to the ground like that, they drag their hand across the ice. It, all it's like ass. they barely touch too. It's yeah. so that is that to me is impressive. But, uh, you know, you do you. you. You obviously judge mine. I can judge yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I am so, so happy that you took the long track because now it leaves me wide open to take artistic swimming. Yep. That was that was what I was debating on taking. Um, Synchronized for- swimming, guys. It is. It, and really, I think... The only reason why it looks so foolish as it does is because of the outfits, right? You you get all the you get the nose plug over top, you get the the hair thing, right? The the skull caps, and then some of the a lot of the outfits have like uh, streamers on that as well. And then when you do get like the underwater cam foot footage, and they're upside down and they're like smiling and shit, it looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. It and should be on the list. It should be on here. It's a very boring event to watch as well. It's like, oh, that was cool or whatever. Yeah, and then, I, I only want to see one at a time. Right. I'm not sitting there watching the whole thing. I want to see the coolest one every, sum- every summer. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. All right, I'm going to go back to the summer, and I'm going to do it because I think you were going to take it otherwise. I'm going to take basketball. Um, yes that was my fucking pick you son of a bitch i'm gonna take basketball because the usa just wins it every year and uh, that that and basketball three on three has become a much cooler sport to watch yeah i'm gonna take basketball it's it's you son of a bitch because i i thought that it, it doesn't, and now the big NBA oh. players aren't even really in it like that. Uh, wow. It's more of like the, the B-list celebrities in the NBA. And I, I think that that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I am shocked that we had the same idea in our brain. Granted, for different reasons. But wow, I am fucking floored. I thought for sure I was going to be like, I got him on this one. I'm going to get criticized like crazy, but it's going to be funny as fuck. And, you know, I think I thought for a second, I was going to be able to convince you to be like, dude, three on three basketball, right? Oh, it's way better. You already way better in the Olympics. Yeah. Fuck me. Damn it. All right. Now I, I kind of have to change up my, my mindset here. Cause I thought for sure that one was going to be there. Uh, All right. Yeah. I, I, and you know what? I thought it was going to be there at five, so that's why I had to take it at four because I knew you were going in for it. Wow. I had a feeling. Fuck me. Okay. And I wanted that. I wanted to get that message out that the Olympic basketball scene sucks. Like, I don't care. Ooh. It's whoever's playing the U.S. to lose to them. 
fuck me. Now I really am. I'm at a loss here. Mm. Do I? What do I have overall sports? I got you with curling, rhythmic gymnastics, trampoline, artistic swimming, which on paper and to the audience, your team probably would be better than mine, but I'm pretty proud of my team as well. Equestrian, Nordic combine, speed skate, the long track, and USA basketball, Olympic basketball. I know. I also feel bad that I'm, because there's, I have one more, I I have one for both, but I, I think the stronger option is the summer one. So I only would have picked one winter Olympic sport. I feel very odd for that, but I'm going to go with futsal. Mm. That is sport I saw, and I don't even know what it is. It is indoor. It's like more or less the Milwaukee wave of, Mm. of soccer. Yeah. And the reason why I'm picking futsal is that this is, you are going up against the most popular sport in the world. And you know what? Fuck you. You're not good enough. So you're going to go play indoor, smaller soccer. It's embarrassing. That's embarrassing, right? I agree. I, I think that it is a little bit insulting to say you're a futsal player rather than a football player. So that's like. That's like you are a you know, reject, we, we do we do our podcast. We record on a microphone. It would be like if we did the YouTube video uploads off of our phone. Like that is the equivalent. And like holding it with our hand rather than a tripod. Yeah. And it's just got like the shitty quality. There's no microphone. There's no nothing like that. It's just bad. More or less what we initially started with. <laughs> but It's a good pick. It's a good pick. And I don't know where I'm going to go with my um, fifth one here. I think I'm going to go back to winter. Um, That's four winters for you? No, it'll be three. It'll be two and three. Okay. See, and that's summers, three winters. So I'm going to go to winter. And I got two in the chamber right here. I got to decide with, um, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take figure skating. I think, I think I'm going yeah. to take figure skating. That's a big one. It's very much associated with the winter Olympics. Yes. Everyone knows it. And I guess, you know, there was a lot of big names back in the day with it. Um, I don't know anyone now. I don't really know anyone then. (laughs) Well, yeah. What Tanya Harding and then she, the girl's knee she hit and then Christy Yamaguchi and that's all I got. That's all I got. Um, But exactly. That should prove a point. Like, I don't care. This is my list on top of it. So I don't pander to the audiences at all. I draft for myself. Okay. I'm putting figure skating. Other one I had was biathlon. That's where I thought you would go. And that's when I thought I was going to go. I, 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 I don't know. I think that it's kind of impressive to say that you can like shoot and then you just, but it's kind of weird that you just get up and ski then after. And it's a random ass two events to lump together. Biathlon. Fair. I will say that, but I think it's ultimately I'm going to go figure skating. I I just think I think 
that vote got me more because I think it's overrated. And, and that's ah. that's kind of how my last two ah. picks went. That's kind of how my last two picks went of the hype behind figure skating and basketball should not be there for the Olympics. That's my uh, thoughts. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, now, the other one that uh, I wasn't going to pick, but uh, as I, I sent Tom the Olympics page on the all events list. And the one that is just still intriguing me that I feel like I need to watch a YouTube video of is the ski mountaineering. Did you see that? I did. It's like just going uphill, I guess. Probably. I think so. It, it, now yeah. this is something that's going to come into play in the 2026 winter Olympics. And I don't know. I think it sounds super cool. I'll give it one try. And you know, maybe the next time we do this list, then, you know, it joins my list later on. But uh, it sounds impressive to me. Uh, also, close honorable mention, and I only say it because of, I, I just feel like it doesn't fit in the Olympics. And that is the break dancing. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's called breaking at the Olympics. Yes. Right, which makes it sound even worse, right? Breaking. That, bad name. Bad name, bad name. for sure. Uh, I didn't watch any of it, so I guess I don't know how impressive their moves are. So I would have to, this I, is, I did see it, but I didn't want to pick that because I up. have, oh, it hasn't been there yet. It's yes, be this the will be one. in the 2024, right? So there you go. I, that's another reason why I, I, I didn't want to go for it because I literally have no experience with it, but it very well could make the list. One I had that I knew was going to catch way too much flack, so I didn't want to put it on here, but I was ready to piss people off. Uh, ski jump. Now, yeah, ski jump. Yeah, that's a bad look on you, too. Uh, it's badass. Don't get me wrong. Like, so crazy that these guys are jumping, going so fast down that hill, and they're, like, 60 feet in the air, jumping 100 feet out, whatever it is, or I don't know how impressive the numbers are when you do more, but... Uh, probably closer to 100 meters than 100 feet. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's literally you're just watching it sure, over and over again. But there's but no... What about... What about um, uh, what's the gun one? Not biathlon, but the one that's just shooting. I, I think it's called, like, shooting at the Olympics. Yeah, it, it is just called shooting. They're like, come on. It, what about that? Yeah, but they do it fast, dude. Like they are marksmen on top of it. Like it's they they don't it's, there's like speed shooting and shit. Like there's all the cool stuff and they're hitting small targets. So I I can kind of see the impressive nature behind that. Uh I also had uh I got that one, got that one. The cross country ski also is up there, but I yeah, didn't want I didn't want to take all skiing like that, so I Fair. split it up from there uh, now i will say the sport itself is very like the thing is so fun to watch but the guys that the, the people that play it are just so hard like so angsty badminton badminton is like uh, watching them they are so intense for no fucking reason it chill give the me, hell out give, give me two sports you can only watch during the olympics that you enjoy then uh okay uh for sure the one that just got added this year that I absolutely love is sport climbing. I watched it at every fucking day I could, and it is fucking wild. I've that ended up sick. That one's sick. Yeah. I I saw that uh, when it when it got added. I know we brought it up on the podcast. That it was going to be one of the newer things, 
And I was like, okay, I'm interested. Dude, I had to fucking like say that this is probably my favorite sport uh, in the Olympics now. I am so down with that. My second one, give me snowboarding. Snowboarding okay. is fucking raw. And now th- this past season is now the final time uh, that Sean White is no longer in it. And um, so maybe maybe it's not going to be the same level, but I'm glad that they're adding these kind of extreme sports, you know, snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing even. Uh, and I-, I didn't realize they have like mountain BMXing or BMX mountaineering now. That one's going to be fucking cool, too. I think that's a, a new one, though. Good, good, great two picks. Great two picks. I completely agree. Both both sports. Very valid. Uh, I'm going to go table tennis. Like Classic. Always, always great to watch during the Olympics. Uh, there was no Americans qualified last Olympics, I think, for table tennis. No. So not a lot of stake in it ever. I never have to root for anyone. I'm just watching some crazy shit happen. And they they do crazy shit. They get like 20 feet back. They do back behind the back flips sometimes if they're feeling brazy. Like, yeah, that's the one. I that would probably be my number one only Olympic watching sport. Now, uh, dude, we another one we talked about is basketball three on three. I think that I was one just gonna to say I I would take maybe basketball three on three here for the other one, but since we talked about it already, I'll give a different one and. I'm going to go the two-person beach volleyball. Another oh, yeah. sport Classic. that you can't that you can't watch anywhere else. Like there's no there's none of that going on. And usually it's like some pretty good-looking people to look at on top of it. Like it's a fun sport and it's a win-win on top of it. You remember you come on. We we were all about the Misty May and Kelly back in the day. So And, and Kelly. I don't remember her last name. Wasn't that her name? Kelly, right? uh yeah well oh my god oh misty come may. at uh, my kelly ass. trainer kelly trainer kelly, right no misty may trainer and kelly something else oh my god what was it now misty may partner god damn it i i think it's kelly right that's uh, right. no it was carrie walsh that's carrie carrie Carrie. that's carrie walsh jennings yes yes so Who, uh, it was were... at the last summer olympics too i think but i think she is now since retired Great, great, great sport to watch. Should we get into the NBA now? Yes. This uh, this past week was the NBA trade deadline, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of shit happened. Should we tweet I, out our? We might we might do another graphic. Do you want? Can you do another graphic for me for the Olympics? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Send me a send me a picture of the list, and I can okay. make that up. Uh, so Tom and I have just decided that we are going to review most of these trades. We don't need to hear about KZ Okpala for a second round pick. Fuck that one. Yeah, the we're relevant review, ones. Yeah, we're going to review most of these and we are then going to uh, discuss the, the grades on uh, either Bleach Report. I also have basketballnews.com as well for their grades. We're going to review the grades for them and then we're going to give our own grades with it as well. Mm-hmm. All right. The first major one was Cleveland getting Karis LeVert and a second round pick from uh, Indiana for Ricky Rubio, a 2022 first round pick lottery protected uh, that if it does, uh, if it's not conveyed, it turns into two seconds. 
2022 second round pick and a 2027 second round pick. The grades themselves, uh, Bleacher Report gives the Cavaliers a B plus and the Pacers, they gave an A plus. Wow. To get Ricky Rubio on their team, A plus. Well, when you consider that you turn Karis LeVert into two first round picks, that's a lot. And uh, I think it's impressive. I think it's impressive, all things considered. Karis LeVert is a guy who, you know, he had the health issues. uh, Was it last season, two seasons ago? And really hasn't been up to the potential maybe since that moment. Still is a bucket. Can get you 20 every once in a while. 30 if he wants to. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he's that valuable. He could fit really well on that Cavs team. I could see that happening as well. I would say what I would give the Cavs on this one is probably a B minus. And I would give the Pacers turning Karis Lever into the two first round picks is valuable. Ricky Rubio, solid rotational guy he had, for him. But didn't he have a season ending, uh, season ending injury, Rubio? I don't remember now. I I don't know. I was gonna give them a B plus. I, I A plus is a little ridiculous. Slow slow the fuck down there, Bleacher Report. All right, all right. Um, I I think it's pretty damn good, all things considered. Uh, I mean, fuck, you're getting a lot. Uh, I think it's good on both teams. I think actually think that Bleacher Report did a pretty damn good job. Maybe I won't. They're give above them... average trades. That's what I put them down as. A, a B plus for Karis Levert. Karis Levert is is going to help the Pacers a lot or Pacers the Cavaliers a lot. They need that, that energy guy. They got Colin Sexton over there. Who's doing stuff to do it. They got Darius Garland. And now to have, I guess uh, another Jared, rookie. Well, Jared Allen's a beast too. That was a huge now, pickup they got from them last year. Yeah. Now uh, NBA all-star too, by the way. Yes. Play some James Harden. But uh, yeah, I, I actually think that they're pretty close. Maybe I won't give an A plus to, uh, Indiana, Indiana. I think I'll make it just an A. But to get two first round picks potentially off of this and uh, a pick swap with the second rounders, I think it's pretty damn good. All right, that was the first one. All right, the next one that I think is pretty important is New Orleans trades C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell to the Portland Trailblazers. Other way or, sorry, sorry, Portland trades C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. Uh, from Portland and received Josh Hart, Nikel Alexander Walker, Tomas Sadoransky, Didi Luzada, protected first round uh, pick in this year's draft, and two future second round picks. And Basketball News gave the Blazers a C minus on this one. Ooh. And the Pelicans a B minus. Ooh. Okay. Um, that Pelicans B minus. I don't hate. Maybe I could give it a B because I like CJ McCollum a lot. I think he's a very good player. I don't know. Is he their number one when Zion's not there? Because that's going to be interesting to see. Because Brandon Ingram's there. I get it. But you just gave up a lot of capital for him. Josh Hart, I think, is an above average player. I'll give him that. Uh, they turned Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Tomas Sanaransky into more picks. So I think that C-minus on the Blazers' side is kind of disrespectful a little bit. They did get a first-round pick for McCollum. He's not worth two. Don't go that far yet. 
I, I would give this trade a B for both teams. I think it's pretty straight up like CJ, the better, the best player, obviously going to the, to the Pelicans, but what they were able to turn Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander Walker into, I think has to play a little bit of a role in the trade itself. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I, again, now basing it off of this, this initial trade, it's fine. It seems like it's a little underwhelming though, especially when you consider, uh, CJ McCollum, who's been a solid number two for quite some time. Now, here's the thing that you do have to factor in is that they turned Tomas Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker almost immediately after they got him. So let's mm -hmm. break it into this next trade because then Portland, San Antonio, and Utah all made a bunch of fucking moves uh, in this three-team trade. Portland gets Elijah Hughes, Joe Inglis, and a 2022 second-round pick from Utah. San Antonio gets Tomas Sadoransky, a 2027 second-round pick from Utah. Uh, and Utah receives Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juan Hernan Gomez. So when you yeah. consider it that way, to get Joe Inglis and a second-rounder for more or less Sadoransky and Alexander Walker, okay, I think you're good. Right, that's, that's what I mean. I just think that that should be weighed into the other trade as well. Joe Ingles, solid player, uh, plays defense, hits the three ball really well. And that Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Sadoransky, they, they don't really need more guards on that team. So uh, I, I thought that that was a good turnaround for them. And to get some capital in the draft, I get it, they're seconds, but maybe you can turn that into something else later. I, I think that Portland's obviously not a contender anymore. Uh, no, they're trying a, to shave off uh, cap room, really. Because that, that has been their main goal is to get as much cap as possible and try to bring two major names for Dame to play with next season. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think and, they made a right decision with these trades. And to get Joe Inglis uh, on top of that, I don't hate it. Now, I don't know what his uh, contract situation is. Is he a free agent this season or after this season? Uh, no, he I just don't got, know. didn't he just get a big contract? I don't know how big contract is, but I can look but it enough. up and talk about it. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, uh, ba basketball news gave this, uh, trade a D, uh, they, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, but they think he is going to be a free agent at the end of the summer. Okay. So maybe that's you know, part of it, but again, they're guess, just going to yeah. shave cap. They're just yeah. shaving cap off. And they're going to be able to load up that Portland team, hopefully, you know, to, you know, they can get people to come play in Portland and play with Dame. Who wouldn't want to play with him? I mean, he's having a little bit of a down year, but he'll bounce back. He's Dame Lillard. Another move that Portland did, uh, because apparently Portland just did everything this uh, trade deadline. They traded Robert Covington and Norman Powell to LA for Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, 2025 second round pick. Crazy? Uh, yeah. I think that's crazy. That one, uh, they lost. They lost that trade. I get it. Clippers Again, got Clippers got an A on Bleacher Report. I 100% agree with that. 100% agree. Norm Powell and Robert Covington are two 
very impactful role players, starters. Covington is so sneaky good. Yes, he is so sneaky good. So is good. Powell, dude. Powell can score. Norm Powell, if he wants to throw up 35, he can throw up 35. I swear. He he's so good. He when he's hot, he is hot. He's one of those kind of players. And a consistent guy who can get you 20. Pretty damn close. So it's a big move for the Clippers. I agree to get some more firepower with Kawhi out, obviously still. Um, a lot of bums getting traded to Portland there, though, in that one. Uh, a lot yeah, of bums. Bledsoe a, a, was a buyout candidate. I, I don't know what they expect with Justice Winslow, who's just been Mess. there on every team yeah. he has ever played for. Um, now, I will say, Eric Bledsoe as a buyout candidate is going to be is going to be looked at. I am... I'm going to say it right now. I'm very much looking forward to uh, Milwaukee trying to reach out for him because him coming off the bench defensively is what is that's a good look. That is a good look, dude. Maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I don't want to root for that. Honestly, been kind of irrelevant since he left. All right. Here's a, a big one. Indiana making more moves. And making a trade with Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson going to the Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, a 2023 second round pick. That The Woo. Pacers fucking smoked them. I don't care what you Woo. say. You get Buddy Heald, who is arguably the one of the best three-point shooters of all time. And he's of all the time. second best player in that trade. Because yeah. Tyrese Halliburton is fucking legit. And he's been balling since he's been to Indiana, too. Just had, Insane. like, a 15 assist game. Um, I don't hate Sabonis at all. I want people to know that. So I, I think that, obviously, what they were doing in Sacramento with the dual tandem guards with Fox and Halliburton, it wasn't winning games. So they needed a big. They wanted to switch that up. He is probably their best young talent, obviously, in Sacramento. So to give him up is risky and could play out to be dumb. But right now you're getting a proven big who's been to the All-Star game, who can make shots, play defense. Like, I, I don't know. I Or little defense, at least. But I, I think that we should be a little more lenient on the Kings. I do think giving up Buddy Heald with it is kind of crazy. But if it would have been just Halliburton for Sabonis, this trade would be a lot differently graded, in my opinion. Well, I will say Sabonis has hit his ceiling. I don't know if Sabonis gets any better. Right? I would give this I would give this a C plus for the Kings because they did give up a lot. And this is an A from Indiana, I think, personally. Right. Well, right now, and, and as for, so they made that trade relatively early, right? That wasn't on trade deadline day. I think they did that mm. was that Tuesday or Monday or something like that. It was one of the first deals. It was one of the first deals. And uh I I think they've played three games and are undefeated with Sabonis. You know what I mean? Like uh, I know. I I not, I, he not needs saying. a little bit of respect, a little bit, because I think people were like so bought into the Halliburton hype, which is valid. Shout out to the Racine, uh, St. Cat's product. That's where he's from. So that's pretty legit. 
and we're we're big you know anyone from the same state we are like let's go i'll root for him but for sure let's just say that sabonis is better than people think and that now is that a he's young team that yes. is an insanely young team and uh i i, I yeah i, I want to see what this uh pacers team does going forward because i think it's going to be very impressive all right next up this one it seems might seem like nothing, but I think it's going to mean a lot going forward. Toronto Raptors and San Antonio made uh, a trade. Toronto got Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, the 2022 second-round pick, whatever. San Antonio, though, gets a 2022 first-round pick and Goran Dragic, who is 100% a buyout candidate. Mm-hmm. Where does Dragic go? Uh, a contender somewhere, obviously. What if he went back to Miami? That would probably be up there, I think. Uh, a team that's competitive right now near the top of the East as well. Uh, they could use him at the point guard spot. I think he would really balance them out. Uh, also could see him going to a coast, you know, send him to uh, Brooklyn or L.A., whatever. I, I could see that as well. I, I I do think Miami, if I had to give a guess, though, would be my first pick for him. Uh, I can 100% seeing, see the Bucks try to reach out to him as well. That mm. seems like a Bucks player that they like. I would rather have Dragic than Bledsoe, but I think we have a better chance of getting Bledsoe than Dragic. Uh, yeah, you know what? I can definitely, I can definitely agree to that. And um, again, I'm not, I'm not super mad about it. Uh, overall, but I think both teams kind of win out in this trade. Not majorly win out, but you know, they're B, B pluses. Get a first round pick for a bunch of bums. Okay, cool. Right? Like, yeah. All right. Uh, here's the next one Boston and Houston make a trade. Boston gets Daniel Tice back on their team. Mm-hmm. And in return, Houston gets Dennis Schroeder, Bruno Fernando, and Enos, uh, Ennis Freedom who Frida are formerly known as Ennis Cantor. That dude's already waived. Dennis Schroeder might be waived as well. What do you think of that? Well, this was a guy I kind of hoped the Bucks would look at too. This is another guy. Uh, I want to score off the bench a little bit more. So that's why Dragic and Schroeder are very enticing options to me as a fan. And uh, they didn't. <laughs> You can go to hell. No, uh, okay. um, I'm going to say that I, I don't see him getting his way to Milwaukee again, but I really hope they call him. I, I really do. I think he would be an awesome scoring option off the bench. Can't play defense. That's a problem. So Yeah, Schroeder can. He can't play defense. But, hey, uh, Daniel Tice – is he worth three players? I don't know about that. I get it. You're just buying them out. But. Yeah, two are buyout candidates. Uh, I don't. I, I think that again just makes a bunch of fucking cap space uh, for the Rockets going forward. Who? Uh, I mean, they're in trouble. They're they have all types of shit going on. And the more I hear of Christian Wood, the more I'm coming to this realization that he's kind of a locker room cancer, dude. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, for as good as Christian Wood is, is he worth it in in that locker room? I thought for sure he was going to get traded, and apparently no one wanted him. Well, 
he's not even the face of their team anymore. They're all in on Jalen Green now as well. So I don't know what happens with Christian Wood. And he's kind of fell off. So maybe good move by the Bucks, but still a little salty. He didn't he didn't get more time with us. Fair. Uh Phoenix made a move getting Tory Craig from Indiana. But in return, Indiana gets Jalen Smith and a second round pick. I think this is a much bigger trade than people might realize. Jalen Smith is really good. And well, they get he, a second round pick for him. He, he doesn't he he didn't play a lot last year. I think he was drafted uh he was uh he was drafted. Yeah, he was behind year, DeAndre right? Ayton. I mean, he's right. behind DeAndre Ayton. That's just a straight up fact. He's not going to play all that much. But they they got him for more or less a bench player, right? Because that's all Tory Craig's gonna do. Right. Right. I get I get it. Also, Rex specs are like a great look. So always any guy, any guy rocking those, like I hope they play better, honestly. Um he's an athletic freak. He was a high draft pick. And you're right. He was behind DeAndre Ayton. They didn't really have much use for him in Phoenix. They're winning games. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the league right now, t- still, too. Uh, and to get Torrey Craig back for him, I guess you want that guy that's been there, a little bit of a veteran presence, can kind of has a jumper. But I was kind of hoping that the Bucks would have uh, got him because they needed the second big. Now, granted, they addressed that, and we will get to that very soon. But – yep. Uh, Jalen Smith is is good, and uh, I think again this just bolsters that take on Indiana getting a solid young core going forward. He does fit their young core type deal they're going with right now. I can get behind that. A very big move because the Hornets were in need of big guys. They get Montrez Harrell from Washington for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr. Now, losing Vernon Carey Jr. is kind of a kind of a big blow, but the Charlottes are more or less looking to make the playoffs and make somewhat of a run. I don't know how far they go, but getting Montrez Harrell is big for them. They needed that big dude, and they found him. It didn't have to give up all that much. Ish Smith is just perennial trade bait. I don't understand how many teams has Ish Smith played on. He's on a new team every week. I, I swear to God, I, I I can remember him in Detroit. I think Cleveland, New, New York, New York. Maybe. I think both New Yorks. Wasn't he on? Um, wasn't he on what's it called? Uh, the the Nets too. Uh, he was maybe? on Boston. He, he was on uh, Clippers. Fuck, he's too? everywhere, dude. Look up the teams Ish Smith's played for now. While I talk about this, I. I'm going to say right now, Montrezl Harrell's not the same player he was five years ago, four years Fair. ago, even like, so that's why his capital is not nearly as big his return, at least. And Jesus Christ, his career history is so long, but I will say that to give a big, who's really built more like a power forward, but can't shoot. So he plays center, uh, get someone to clog that lane up for LaMelo to keep the outsides going and hopefully you can get some boards there for you plays physical defense. You got to give him that too. Not, I I don't know. I I don't think it's the best has been center that was traded during the trade deadline. If that's fair, fair. Uh, You ready for this ish Smith breakdown? Yes. 
Okay, since 2010, Houston Rockets, Houston Rockets, Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, Orlando Magic, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, 76ers, New Orleans Pelicans, back to the 76ers, Detroit Pistons, Washington Wizards, Charlotte Hornets, back to the Washington Wizards. Holy so wait, wait. So fuck. he played for 12 different teams? Uh, I'm trying to see if he made it a year without getting traded. Because I, I just got 14, I think it was going to be, but I put my finger down twice because I heard repeats. I think it's 12 different teams. Oh, no, no, no. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Oh my God, it is 12 teams. That's I told you. I was counting. Holy I had my hands going fuck. the whole time. Ish that. Smith, dude. What is going on with your career? Hell of a jersey collection, though. That's no got to be sick. All right. Let's, here's another big we one. We spent way too much talking about Ish Smith. Just saying. <laughs> here's we another... should get him on the pod. Oh, yeah. We could get him. He could yeah. play for the down the wire sausages or whatever the fuck we have. Uh, Dallas Mavericks trade Kristaps Porzingis and a second round pick to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. What the fuck are the Mavericks doing, dude? So here's the thing. I know Washington is so hyped to get Davis Bertans out of there because he finessed them, had one really good year and was never the same. For sure. Not not good anymore. Davis Bertans was useless over there. Dinwiddie, I think they had higher hopes for, obviously, um, but just wasn't working over there. Just wasn't working. And now to get Porzingis over there, again, four years ago, this trade would have been insane. I think this trade becomes pretty irrelevant by the end of how things are written. Well, okay. I think the biggest thing to focus on in this is that there clearly was some issues between uh, Luca and Kristaps. Absolutely. And that, that is the reason they were, they were going to do anything they could to get rid of Porzingis because Luca is the guy. Well, and Kristaps thinks he is like he, he does. And I was watching the, watching them last year uh, in their playoffs, they were in the playoffs, right? In like the playing game, I think. Maybe it was two seasons ago now. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kristaps does deserve the ball a little bit more on that team. Luca does dominate the ball, but Luca's a top five player in the league. So it's a reason why he yeah. does. So yeah. I get why Porzingis would be mad because he does hit the jumper a little bit better than people think. Uh, but all he does is go for blocks. Like he can't stand up with anyone. He's just so tall. He gets a lot of blocks. He doesn't play that great a defense, I don't think, though. No. If you actually are watching, he's too skinny. He's too little. He does get blocks, but that's all he goes for. All right. Are you ready for the biggest trade? And I mean biggest as in most, uh, m- like most acquisitions here, most involvement. We had a four-team trade involving the Pistons, the Clippers, the Bucks, and the Kings. Mm-hmm. This is a wild one. Yeah. The Pistons get Marvin Bagley the third from the Kings. The Clippers get Rodney Hood and uh, Shemi Ojale from the Bucks. The Bucks get Serge Ibaka and two second round picks, one in 2022, one in 2024. And the Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Holy fuck, what a trade. 
so let's start with the Kings. Getting those two guys, uh, Josh Jackson and Dante DiVincenzo, uh, the third guy I forgot already. Trey Lyles. Bump. Trey Lyles. Yeah, bump, bump. Was way better in college. But now, Dante, a lot of people in the NBA liked him last year, you know, before he was getting hurt and whatever. I was always against Dante, really, to be honest. I knew we didn't need him oh. when he went down. Oh. I was okay with him getting traded. I am totally cool with it. If we would have traded him last year, we could have got something bigger maybe, but okay. Hear me. Cool. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. You were going, he was going to be the major uh, piece to getting Bogdan Bogdanovich. Remember right. that? Yes. And instead you trade him to get Sergi Baca. I think the bucks won out in that sense of the, the matter. Personally, the Kings, I think, might have overall won this trade out of the three teams uh, in the grand scheme of things. But the Bucks have to feel, I feel they have to feel very confident. They, they got get, better. They, they did. In fact, they got better. They made themselves serious contenders. Yes. With this. this is the this. same thing with P.J. Tucker to me last year. This is the and same he, role type thing. He's coming in to play hard-nosed defense. He doesn't need to score. We got guys goon. that can score. He's a goon. He's, he's, a, he's an energy guy. He is Thanasis with production. That is what he is, okay? Yes. When Thanasis gets on the court, everyone is going crazy, and he's in there to commit a foul. That's all he's doing. Ibaka's in there to hold down the paint. He's probably going to get reps, at least, on Joel Embiid if we have to face him. He's going to be guarding the big man under there, uh, and hopefully – if Brooks stays healthy, you know, he's just getting rotational minutes. Like that's, that's is, all he's meant to so do. This is so massive. And, and Sergi Baca has champion experience, right? Yes. He fucking stifled the fuck out of the Bucks in Toronto when he played mm -hmm. uh, with them two years ago, two years ago, three years ago, two. Uh, well, yeah, three, three championships. At least the Bucks had the last one Lakers, yeah. then Toronto. Yeah. Um, I think this is huge for them. And, I agree. And to John Horst, a fucking wizard of a GM, dropping Rodney Hood and uh, Semi Ojale and getting two first, uh, two first, two second round picks back is nuts. That's nuts to me. I agree. I agree. I think that some people were like, "Oh man, like what? What the fuck is this?" Like, what, dude? Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale were useless to the Bucks. Absolutely useless. And maybe we had higher hopes for Semi, but definitely for for Hood too. I actually had good hopes for Hood. They were useless. They didn't do much. There was no reason to keep them on the team. Serge Ibaka instantly becomes a role player on this team the next game he plays for him. And more importantly, gives you Bobby Portis rest, who has yes. been one, playing out of his fucking mind. And fucking two, uh, also, by the way, trade deadline day, Bobby Portis's birthday. So happy birthday, Bobby Portis. Uh, and to make it even cooler, shares a birthday with Brandon Woodruff. Pretty dope. Mm, that's a pretty Milwaukee birthday day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not even including Ben Ogilvy. But uh, regardless, this is this gives uh, Bobby Portis some some time off it, it allows 
Serge Ibaka to come in and instead of Bobby playing what 30 minutes, he's playing man, he could he could probably play 20, 22 minutes, take off a good amount of time for for I Serge. like Bobby on the Bobby's another guy. This team that uh, Bobby's another he he is M- Milwaukee now. He has been embraced in this city. You can and he's embraced argue, it right back. Yes, you could argue after Giannis, the most liked player on the team is Bobby Portis, not not Chris Middleton. I I mean, I I would buy that. I would. 100% yeah, buy I, I I think Bobby is really that's who the fans are coming to see. On top of it, you know what dude, I mean? Which, dude could have went out and got a contract at the beginning of this before the season even started for twenty twenty two million per year. And instead yeah. he was like, fuck that. I'll take a $9 million contract and come back to Milwaukee. That's insane. Yeah. That doesn't love, happen. Love that, that doesn't guy happen. for it. Best eyes in the NBA too. Best oh, easily. Eyes. Uh, I got, yeah, I definitely. And oh. the biggest trade that yep. happened Getting to is it. Brooklyn and Philadelphia finally making that marriage official, sending James Harden to Philadelphia along with Paul Millsap to uh, with Brooklyn getting back Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first round picks. This is an insane trade. And it to me, it's winners for both on both sides. I agree. I agree. I want to say though that People are like really hating on the Sixers for this, and I don't know why. We've seen that two top ten players can win a championship. That's it, you can do it like that. That is a common way to even try. Lakers just did it. I mean, who else did they have really producing for their team other than LeBron and Anthony Davis during their run? Uh, and it, it's a strategy that people try, and they are instantly a contender with James Harden instantly. The, the team is stacked all around, and to add that firepower to Philly, it makes me nervous a little bit. It, it makes me nervous. See, but, you have higher hopes on this trade than uh, what I think. And I this think is, Ben Simmons' trade, like, he hasn't played all year, man. Like, it's going to take a minute to get him back acclimated. Sure. So, I, I don't know. I And Andre Drummond's not the same player he was. Seth Curry is good for 12 points a game. Like, okay, cool. Here's the thing. James Harden is the biggest locker room cancer in the league. You're throwing that around now. Christian Wood, now James Harden. Yeah, yeah, but James Harden is the biggest locker room cancer. That is the entire reason why he got traded out of Brooklyn. He is on his third team in two years. Are you not realizing this? Yeah, he. I think it was well, being the, the best I... in the fucking world, or one of the best in the fucking world. He is, he is not a valuable player to a team. I think him, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving only played sixteen total games together. Insane. Giannis, yeah. Giannis straight up blew up a super team that had less than a full season. Well, Chris Middleton did too. Well, to that, yeah. Chris Middleton might have fucked him up even more. Now, looking at Brooklyn, you don't need a scorer like that, like uh, James. No, Harden. you now get fucking pass first and all defense. Ben Simmons, ball dominant. But you Just think saying. he's ball dominant? Ball dominant. I mean, 
he he he's a guy who likes the ball in his hands to drive to the rim and dish it out when no one when he doesn't want to dunk. You know what I mean? He's, he's not an shooting. Obviously, ball mover and has the ability to generate triples. He's a great clip. He's a he's a great defender. Like people got to remember, he was first team all defense last yes. year. Like serious defensive player of the year candidate. I get that, uh, but he's a diva too. Fine, but he's going in with KD. He's going to lock that down. Then you add in Seth Curry, who is shooting threes 40% on 5.6 attempts. That's fucking nuts. Making a whole bunch of pick and roll, uh, like offenses sweat or defensive sweat rather. Then add in Drummond, who, okay, it's not, he's not what he once was, but he's a much needed interior upgrade. And you're welcome to disagree with me on this, but the Nets seem to have won the trade at first glance. And I realize that you these uh, two first-round picks are going to be late-rounders, whatever. But it, it's it's still a lot more. And I think this helps the, the Nets now more and in the future more. I can, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I would disagree with the now. I think the Sixers are legit contenders now. I think that's going to be a battle with Milwaukee. Um, but I, I still love the Bucks, And I know it's hard to say it with Tobias. And obviously, you know, it, it's even more different than Packers because it is Milwaukee. It's like even more so our home on top of it. And with how awesome it was last year, uh, I, I just don't see a world where Giannis isn't the best player on the planet right now. I, he's fucking out of his mind. Dude. He is. And, and his jumper is coming up. It is. So it's going to be hard because Philly loses a really big defender in Ben Simmons and James Harden don't play defense. We know that. Nope. But the team has still got a lot of weapons around them. And it's a, it's a strategy that you can try. Two top 10 players gets you a ring. Can All right. At least. There it is. That was our trade deadline grades. Let's start wrapping this thing up. Let's get to the – do we do quick hits or hot takes? We do hot takes first. Hot takes. So uh, I made this one up just right now for you. Oh. I'm going to say right now, uh, based off of your draft, remember, I, I made one up. It's going to be my first one. Uh, I'm going to say right now that curling is probably the most underrated sport to watch at the Winter Olympics, and if it wasn't for snowboarding – probably would be the most fun sport to watch at the winter Olympics. Oh, okay. I, I, I clipped off my, uh, my deal. So I can't see what I had. Um, underrated though. Mm. I mean, it's really kind of fun. It's, it's something about 42 year old guys with the dexterity of a cat that it's, uh, it's interesting it's really similar to, I, I think of it as like, people don't know if darts are fun, I, but I love playing darts, love shooting darts at, you know, at the bar or with some buddies or whatever. And it's a similar game. It's just slower. And sometimes it gets really intense. And Matt Hamilton doesn't look like a curler. He looks like a punk rock, like bodyguard. Not even that he's actually in the band, uh, but he's, electric to watch out there john schuster as well i know some of these guys names you know i i i think that 
it's a pretty fun sport for at least a longer time frame than most of the other winter sports to sit down. All right. All right. Especially because it's 1v1 on top of it. It's like competitive team, like you're going against this person as opposed to you against the field. All right. All right. I would uh, I would rival it with Luge because Luge is really fucking intense. Those guys are fucking flying. But yeah. again, that's another sport where I penalize it because it's the same thing over and over again. Like, but that's, it's like that's why it's so good. It, like Luge especially... Uh, between the three of them. So like Luge, Bobsled, and Skeleton. Luge is the one that you can see the differences and intricacies. And when someone fucks up, you notice it. I feel like I have a good eye on the Luge. Where I go, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. Turn too soon. Or, or didn't turn soon, soon enough. And it's also like... Maybe the most dangerous. Yeah, it's maybe the most dangerous sports. But the wipeout, I mean, didn't like a guy die like in the 2018 ones? Like, yes, yes, maybe maybe it was 14. Might have been 14 even. But I I don't know. Luge is intense. I get that. I can get behind that. But like I said, I penalize it because it's like the same shit over and over again. Snowboarding is obviously number one. It's got to be. Yeah, I I think that it's the best one there. The hockey pipes. Hockey's yeah, but really fucking intense. Yeah, and you know, and maybe it's even better this year because they're not using the NHL players; it's all amateurs on top of it. So, yep. but I haven't, I haven't really watched it to be honest. All right, that was my hot take. What's yours? All right, you ready for this? You ready for this hot take? The Cincinnati Bengals are the new Carolina Panthers. They had this amazing season with an amazing quarterback. Going forward, they are going to be disappointing and back to below average. Mm. I'm sorry. I have this feeling. And I also have a feeling that Cincinnati is not going to address the line like they should protecting Joe Burrow. And he's going to be sacked like a madman. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. I agree. So I, I think he's up next, man. I, I really think that uh, the Bills are getting really close, too. You got to be cautious of them in the AFC. Chiefs are still going to be there next year, of course, too. Yep. Uh, who knows what the fuck the Patriots are working on now with Mac Jones getting another year after all of this good stuff they had going this And the season. number of people that, that came in uh, support of Joe Burrow saying he's going to be back. Is he? Is he going to be back? It was a rough performance from him, I think, for sure. Not what we were hoping for. Uh, didn't even throw the first touchdown pass. That was Joe Mixon. As we said, who could have a pretty good game, and he did, running the ball for him. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, making the touchdown pass. I don't hate the take. I really don't, because the Ravens were beat up this year. Like, yeah. don't forget about the Ravens. They got the most electric guy in the league at quarterback, and that's that's a fact. The Browns are um, going to be looking at one of those top quarterbacks. I if guarantee the Browns it. get a quarterback. Yeah. And if the Steelers get a quarterback, it's a tough division. It is a tough division. They play. In. Yeah. And that might help them playing the field when they got to play Tennessee, who's playing Indy Jacksonville and Houston twice a year. And, uh, you know, it helped against Kansas city, obviously, but it's a division that's going to beat each other up for a while, especially if Cleveland and Pittsburgh can figure out their quarterback situations. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I worry for Joe Burrow and his health and safety. And I mean, you saw that with Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton tried to do everything. Now, I will say, Joe Burrow has a lot more weapons than Cam ever had. Cam didn't have jack shit outside mm-hmm. of what? James Stewart? Greg and Olson? Was he on that Super Bowl team? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, but it maybe, I, maybe. Was. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it, that Cam Newton squad didn't have shit outside of defense and Cam Newton. Um, and he ran for his life and per- continued to run for his life for the rest of his goddamn career in Carolina. So I don't know. I worry about Joe Burrow. That's all I have. I don't hate the take. I don't. I don't. It's it's a scary division, so I don't even know if we can say they're going to win their division next year. I really don't. Yep. Uh, should we get into our quick hits then? Let's do. Quick hits coming up. We got to start wrapping this up. Uh, had to give you an Please. extra long episode that was uh, – there was a lot of news. There was a lot of good shit, and now that football's over, we're going to have a lot more freedom to talk about a lot of this stuff. So, of course, first things first. We know this. I'm a hockey fan this year, okay? And the Seattle Kraken still at the bottom of the Pacific. Okay. Not the worst team in the West. They're at the uh, bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're, they're not the worst team in the West though. Thank you. Arizona coyotes. Um, it's not, it, it hasn't been great. 16 and 28, uh, four overtime losses on top of it. So, you know, 32 losses. If you lump it all together, I hate hockey standings. Like that's just lame to me yeah. just fucking putting all as a loss maybe would be nicer but um lots now lots of ties i also have to say this that uh i have another hockey quick hit another one i have two oh. of them in the same quick hits it is though a shout out to our guest next week i'll preface that for us and uh one of my Good friends, especially in the industry, not just in the industry, but also in real life. Joe Pohorilis is calling the 69th annual Bean Pot Tournament tonight for Boston <laughs> University, taking on Northeastern. Which, Nothing like hey, the old Bean Pot Tournament. Dude, so here's the thing. Like, he straight up is so like, I'm fucking pumped for today, man. Like, we got to win this. We got to do it. Like, do it. I'm so nervous. And I'm like, dude. There's no one else in the country that even fucking knows or cares about this. Like, and I, 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 I feel bad, and I'm gonna pop on right after the pod and throw it on and listen just because I want to listen to my boy Joe, uh, who is gonna join us next week on Down the Wire. Shout out to him. Uh, but go Boston University just for him. I'll say we're gonna that. have to we're gonna have to draft like, uh, like do like a maryland uh, rivalry trophies most irrelevant rivalry trophies oh my god we have we have a a list of what we're doing for that we'll we'll figure it out uh and my last one i guess baseball big comeback for you this week um not getting a cba deal done yet but does look like we are in for two new things for sure in this upcoming season and the rest of the history of baseball universal DH, which needed to be a thing. It, it did to keep the sport relevant, get another hitter in there. People don't like to watch bunts. All right. They, they don't, I, I love a good pitcher home run. Don't get me I'm wrong. ready for that. I'm ready for the universal DH so bad, but we need, we can start creating another job for a veteran. I don't know who it's going to be for the brewers. I would assume it's going to be either Dan or rowdy is playing there. Um, 
but it like, all depends on who they get at first base. Let's be honest. It, it's uh it's kind of like tough luck. Ryan Braun, you retired one year too early. Like this would have, you would have had another year. Yeah. 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 You, you would have had another year. hundred percent. Um, but that, uh, that's pretty cool. And then draft lottery to prevent tanking in the MLB. I'm okay with that too. Dude, it's interesting. Very weird in baseball to do it like that. And, you know, I I think it's more they were just panning out to like, hey, the Yankees didn't make the playoffs this year. Like, they still got a chance to get the best prospect. You know what I mean? Kind yeah. of thing. So the, I think they don't want these shit-ass teams to continue to get these good players and, and try to continue mix it up. to do nothing with them, by the way. Right. So I, I, I will would, have um, to see. I, 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 I also make something. Excited. This is something that we need to bring up to Joe, too, because I know he's a big baseball guy. And uh, I would like to see uh, hear his take on it as well, because the Universal DH, this was something that we knew was coming. But this draft lottery kind of came out of left field, pardon mm -hmm. the uh, pun, but it really did. No one expected this. And I don't know if this was something that was made because we have no end in sight of this lockout. But uh, regardless, it gets you thinking and it's going to make the potential free agency, you know, however long that might be really interesting. I agree. And it's a new it's a new strategy now. So, yeah, every everyone's going to get that DH type player. Anyone can do it. All right. That was all I had for hot takes. All right. I got some. I ought to have a hot take uh, for hockey. Mm. The Arizona Coyotes uh, are are just bad. They've been yeah. bad for literally a decade. And they've, as Deadspin has put it, they have sucked pond scum uh, for close to those 10 years. And they're currently being kicked out of their building after this season. And uh, nearly, they were nearly kicked out in the middle of the season altogether. Uh, it's just an awful place to be. So the Coyotes are looking around, trying to find some place to play while they're they're currently looking for uh, their new Tempe Arena and a potential entertainment district, uh, a bill that is going to be $1.7 billion, even though they struggled to pay their bills in Glendale. So that that's that's a whole different story. But they reached out to Arizona State to use their multi-purpose athletic facility while this arena is built. The multi-purpose of athletic facility is more or less a warehouse. It is not an actual arena or anything. It's, it is just kind of there. And if that wasn't wor like the worst thing about it, the uh, ASU still has claim over this thing. Uh, and the, the Coyotes wouldn't be able to play a home game there until, until December 2022. So that means for the first six weeks of the season, they would have to play road games. Holy fuck. What a nightmare. Shit show going on there. I Again, not really a, a hockey fan for the first time ever. And I already knew the Coyotes were a dumpster fire. That That's for sure. Uh. Uh, yeah, that that's just bad. That's just bad. Now, this next one I wanted to bring up, just a real quick one, I think, and uh, one that we should 100% bring up to Joe. 
because him being a Washington Commanders fan, did you hear about Jonathan Allen the other day? Yeah, rough tweet, dude. Rough. Bruh. Jonathan Allen can, uh, did have a, a, a tweet. And Makes the sense why tackle, Dan Snyder drafted him. No. <laughs> the defensive tackle says the one person in history that he would like to have dinner with the most is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Come on. Even if you actually mean that, why would you put it in a tweet? Yeah, that's a rough look, dude. Rough look. You can't really get behind that any other way. Uh, yeah, just tough, tough scene. Uh, not, to very, mention, not to mention out of left that, field, too. Like, it, it, it was like a ask me anything or something, maybe. But Yeah, still. but it was three people to have a dinner with, dead or alive. And he put my granddad, Michael Jackson, and Adolf Hitler. Like, come on. What a fucking table, dude. Oh like, what a table. Oh, my God. Like, if all four of those guys walk in, and you're just like, shit. Like, they, oof. Oh, and, and as far as I know, I, he has not come out. Um, yeah, he did. Oh, he did. He did, he did. He did. Uh, he did. Alan's reasoning for the for that choice was he's a military genius, and I love military tactics. Holy fuck! You couldn't have picked Napoleon. You well, couldn't he have picked did, Washington or anything. He uh, he did say it was like dumb to tweet out. He, he and it was very dumb. Yeah. Uh, he also wanted to uh, ask ask him why he did what he did uh, to pick his brain. Oh, God. <laughs> Just next one. Next oh, one. My. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Uh, my next one is pretty fun, in, in my opinion. During the Olympic Big Air event uh, for skiing, Burke Rude. Have you ever heard of Burke Rude? Oh, yeah, I'm a big Burke Rude guy. So he actually won the event. I knew that. And, and uh, on the he won the event after the second run. So he didn't actually need his third run at all, but chose to do it anyways. It's because he's and, Burke fucking Rude, dude. Oh, just you wait until you hear how good Burke fucking Rude is. He kind of took a victory lap on his final run. And... <laughs> The judges awarded him a series of 69 scores. Nice. Nice. Right? Nice. Talk about a fucking... Like, congrats to everyone. Congrats to Burke Rude. But really, hats off to the judges. They knew exactly what they were doing, right? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. All six judges awarded him a score of 69 points. That's fucking great. He and on this final one, he was uh, waving his flag around. Uh, Berkrud being from Norway, by the way. Um, of course, of course. That is so fucking dope. That is so fucking cool. And the fact that the judges kind of did that is truly remarkable. <laughs> and uh, you know, it makes it way makes, to stay uh, relevant. Winter Olympics. Way to stay relevant. Sixty nine. And uh, my last one, I did have four this week. Um, over the weekend, a former White Sox hitting strategist, Matt Lyle, tweeted out a video of his friend's son playing, uh, taking batting practice. 
And uh, Lyle took to Twitter to get some advice from the internet on how this kid could improve his swing. Uh, so you had a whole bunch of people just sort of jumping in, giving some lighthearted advice of stop dipping your shoulder, uh, step into the pitch more, stop uppercutting, blah, 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 blah. But you had one person, a commentator from the Evansville Devils baseball program, mm. just come in and lambast this uh, this person. The Evansville Devils are a 17U baseball program out of Evansville, Indiana. And the team's Twitter account is run by the head coach, Ryan Wargle. And uh, Wargle has been coaching since he was 19, now currently 47. And when he saw these videos, he figured he'd just leave quick comments and let everyone know how the hitter in question could improve his swing a little bit. And um, he actually doubled down when people are like, are you serious on this? Uh, These are the two tweets that he put up here. Pitching machine swing works great when you're eight, not so much against any velocity. Work with him on keeping his hands inside the line and keeping shoulders level. Balance is key. That swing gives you one point of contact through the zone. Personally, I take a high average line drive hitters over a 150 average every once in a while. Blah, 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 blah. So really gave some strong advice. And obviously, dude had good intentions. Mm-hmm. Except he didn't realize that the person in question was Mike Trout. and that is so fucking funny now uh, wargle was cool about it he didn't delete any tweets in fact he uh someone even said like do you realize that's mike trout and he goes i did not and put like a a gif video of kind of like a then doubled down and tagged mike trout in a in a poster and uh, everyone else's and said um if you came to uh the page at least stick around and check out the players uh on his team so the video that he was commenting on uh he doubled down and, and said you know and advertised the kids that he coaches so good for him for at least doing the right thing but also shut up dude at least <laughs> Like, don't do that. Don't try to be calling out fucking Mike Trout. I'm not a no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who was just voted 15th best play- baseball player of all time on that list. We should maybe break down that list a little bit. It's pretty rough. Uh, ESPN yeah, just came yeah. out with it. That was bad. It's a rough one. Um, There it is right there. I have one more thing real quick. Crazy UFC card this week. It was really good. I, I'll just forward it up right there with you. If you watched it, you watched it. If you didn't, you didn't. Tough. I did. But uh, that's it. Episode, what was it? 54? Uh, 54 yes. of Down the Wire, recapping Super Bowl 56, uh, NBA trades. There was huge quick hits. What uh, We did a whole draft on the shitty Olympics that would happen all every year, every other year at least. Um, it was an episode, and this is our longest one yet. So if you stuck around this long, Thank you guys so much for listening. Please, please download us wherever you listen, whether it's on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart. It's on all of them. You can get it on all of them. Download it. Download it, then then undownload it, then re-download it again. 
and then share it to someone next time you download it. Comment if you want. I don't give a shit, okay? And if you don't want to download us, it's fine. It's fine. You can always check us out online, and you can check us out at thechairshot.com. $10. I can make Steph Curry's shot better. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.